Welcome along to this week's edition of 20 Minute Topic with me, Marcus Stead, and I'm joined as usual by veteran campaigner and blogger Greg Lance Watkins. And the big story this week has been the announcement by the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, that's Harry and Meghan, uh, to use tabloid terminology, are to take a big step back from royal duty and royal life to go their own way in the world and pursue their own path. It was a bombshell announcement. Nobody really saw it coming, although, to be fair, Private Eye magazine did say something along these lines several editions ago, so the signs were there, but the mainstream press didn't report it. And in this podcast, me and Greg are going to look at the implications of this, where they go from here, and where the monarchy as an institution goes from here. Greg, taking away the constitutional side of it and whatever we may think of the monarchy as an institution and so forth, on a very basic human level, the way the Queen has been treated all this, I think, is appalling. She's 93 years of age. It's no way to treat an old lady. She's had a rough few months, not only with her 98-year-old husband being in hospital and not in the best of health, but all the nonsense with her favourite son Andrew being embroiled in the Epstein affair and everything else. The last thing she needed at any age, let alone 93, was another thing like this, a family furore landing on her lap. She's always indulged her grandsons, we know that, particularly in the wake of their, their mother's untimely death. The Queen deserves better than this. I would agree with you entirely, but she is of that older generation that um, she will cope. Um, She is not particularly flexible, but she is very generous in her thoughts. Uh, She can be very uh, dominant when she needs to be, and I get the impression she still can be at 93 uh, when... Uh, We see her today driving her Range Rover around. Uh, She didn't seem particularly flustered. She didn't look wildly happy. But with our climate at the moment, uh, economically, uh, politically and weather-wise, there's not a lot to be terribly happy about for her. The Queen is part of that generation, that stoical World War II generation. It's almost out of reach now. They're very sort of make-do-and-mend stiff up a lip, just get on with things. I'm sure she'll cope with this, don't get me wrong. And I'm sure in the next uh, 72 hours or so, uh, uh, more clarity will come about as a result of this. But I think in terms of the way, on a very, very basic human level, the way she has been treated in all this by Harry and Meghan, by not consulting her first, I think has been appalling. Um, I can't disagree with you, but we're dealing here with the woke snowflake generation where it's me 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 Mm. um they don't seem to take a great deal of um consideration of others uh i get the impression that harry is has always been a disturbed lad in one way or another i think that the appalling faux grief of uh, the blair government uh at her his mother's death was an obscene piece of posturing by uh, the Blair government to deliberately attempt to embarrass uh, the Queen and other members of the royal family. Uh, The Red Top Press have always come from the gutter and uh, their policies seem to have remained in the gutter, both regarding uh, the uh, death of Diana Uh, the endless gossip about Harry that 
must have been very undermining for him as a young lad and possibly explains some of his excesses in his earlier days. He put in two sterling tours of duty in Afghanistan. He seems to have got on very well with his army personnel at all ranks and seems to have been very good at mixing uh, and liked by all. And then he came out and worked something of a miracle with the Invictus Games. Not a concept that I personally wildly favour, but it it has proved very good uh, for a number of people. And then he was obviously finding it a bit of a, a struggle in terms of finding the right person. But I would say, quite honestly, if you want to give a royal prince sound advice, um, one would be don't invade Russia in the winter, and two would be don't marry an American divorcee. Yeah, history has repeated itself here, but let's talk about Meghan Markle then. Her big break in America was holding the briefcases on the US version of Deal or No Deal. She, Be honest, how many people, whether it's yourself or people listening to this now, how many had even heard of her before she became linked with Prince Harry? She was in a drama called Suits, which peaked at 2 million viewers on an American cable channel, which was just over 0.6% of the available audience. So she wasn't even a household name in her own country. I think, in fact, that you underestimate her success uh she was in a placement i'm not sure the the status of such placements in uh the united states but she was in a placement in the american embassy in the argentine for experience uh she got uh, a degree in i think it was arts and and theatre, uh, which is a perfectly respectable uh, qualification. She had a long-running part in Suits, which was um, I was well aware of because I thought it was quite good. Yeah, on, in this country, it was on the Dave channel, which is best known for showing endless repeats of Top Gear. It wasn't a big hit in this country before we knew who she was with Harry. Um, her salary in that was quite low, I believe. Um, it, she was on, on something like uh, £350,000 per year, where in the big, uh, the big American dramas, each actor can get equivalent of a million pounds per episode. So she wasn't that big a name in that sense. Uh, so it was, it was Harry that made her into a global name, in effect, I think, rather than Suits. Um, I was well aware of her. I thought Suits was actually a very good programme way above its apparent class and um i'll settle for this lousy salary of 300 odd thousand a year um any day you like um she is estimated to have her own personal wealth security whatever you want to call it of somewhere between three and five million so she has done very well for herself from a fractured home a difficult fractured home, one gathers, uh, but I think that has been based on a dedicated pursuit of her aims, uh, very much on the basis of my way or the highway. Well, I, I think, that, again, this is something that, that's come up in the past and it's worth exploring this in a little bit more depth. 
Piers Morgan, when the announcement was first made that Harry and Meghan were to marry, he was saying she might be what the royal family needs, but he said there was a huge amount of risk involved because he knew Meghan. And he met up with her in a pub near where he lives, in a, in a fairly affluent part of London, and, and nobody in the pub knew who she was that night. And then about two days later, she completely cut Piers Morgan out of her life. And we've seen that ruthless streak with her own father as well. And I gather that there are other examples as well, as well, people around her, former friends of hers, who have just been very abruptly cut out of her life. So I think she's got this ruthless streak that we've seen many, many times before. But I want to go back to something you said a minute ago about the generational differences and that sort of the wartime generation, that thing that's, that's slowly slipping away now, um, that, that generation to stiff up a lip, mend and make do, just get on with things, whatever life throws at you. Compare that to, well, here's the thing. Meghan is not actually that young. She's old, I'm 36. She's older than me. And she's older than Harry. She's been married once before, lest we forget. But yet she is very much a product of this woke generation. And even before all this stuff came out the other day about them wanting to step back from royal duty and everything else, people were sick to the back teeth of their woke grandstanding, this sort of whining self-pity, the eco-hypocrisy, the ocean-going freeloading uh, at the expense of the, the British taxpayer. People were getting fed up of all the, the preachiness of this couple even before all this came out. I think probably the most embarrassing part of this, the royal and their wedding, which uh, was a huge success as a wedding. But you looked around the congregation at the wedding. Uh, they didn't seem to have very many friends there, uh, but they had one hell of a lot of people who were ideal for virtue signaling. Mm. Uh, names and individuals who... Uh, they had a passing acquaintanceship with, possibly, uh, but uh, had some, somehow become bosom buddies and been invited to fly in for the wedding. Hmm. That struck me as very odd, and it struck me as, are we actually going down the American Americanization route of having leadership by slebs rather than genuine individuals now that's something that's concerned me for some time because when i look at the way i i think partly because of the way history is taught or not taught in british schools i think a lot of young people today in britain take an interest in the royal family not because they understand the institution of the crown in its constitutional place because they barely understand that at all but they're interested in the royals in the same way they're interested in the beckhams and the kardashians and okay, up to an, up to a point, we saw that with William and Kate, but we've really seen this with Meghan and Harry, as they're always referred to, rather than the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So, I think Meghan saw this as an opportunity for her all along, and I don't think she was ever really interested in a life of duty and service. I would caution at this point. I think she is probably very causal but it'll be the causes she's interested in on her terms. Woke causes? Uh, yes, um, and it will be very, very virtue-signalling, and um, I don't think this is necessarily calculated. I don't think that there is a malign calculation in it, or even uh, an individual 
greed and glory calculation. I think that is just, sadly, generational. So you think that the stodgy old standards of service and self-sacrifice and duty first, self second, you just think that's completely lost on her then? I think it's totally lost on her. And was it not explained to her properly what royal life would be all about before she even got involved? I think the um, one of the great problems of royalty nowadays is sycophancy, which has always existed in court circles. And this leads to a total uh, inability to point out to people uh, any problem because you don't want to upset anyone. Uh, one only has to look at Diana, Harry's mother, and realize that nobody told her what her job was. And she went into her marriage with rose-colored glasses and great dreams of a marriage of love and um, all the things that the storybooks tell you about marrying the princess. But it soon became very apparent uh, that she had been married as a job of work. Uh, and nobody had explained this to her, and nobody had explained that once she'd fulfilled her role, um, her life would be very much her own, uh, on condition that she acquitted the duty aspect of it and was infinitely discreet about um, anything else in her life. I think the big difference between your position and mine on this is that I put a bit more emphasis, or quite a bit more emphasis than you do, on the extent to which Meghan has been calculating in all this, because I, all the signs to me suggest that she has been, and that she saw, I'm not saying she didn't love Harry, I, I don't doubt that for a second that she did, but... I think she saw this as an opportunity of getting involved in the royal household to promote brand Meghan. I think that was very much to a large extent what this was all about. But where we go from here is is extraordinary, really, because normally, I mean, I've, I've been in journalism for goodness knows how many years now, what, 13, 14 years, if you encou include my student years, even a bit longer than that. Statements from the royal household are normally quite cautious affairs they don't really tell you very much beyond the very basics what we're hearing from the royal household now through their press officers and everything else is that yes the queen and senior members of the royal family are very disappointed in harry and Meghan for not consulting them first and the openness for which they're, they're not trying to hide this whatsoever yes they are angry with them disappointed with them and the talks need to be held very urgently. I was astonished by the bluntness of the statements we've got from the royal household in recent days. I've never known anything like this. I would agree with you, but I don't think it's anger. I think it's acute uh, disappointment and embarrassment. Let's also face the fact that not only did they take a month or so in South Africa on behalf of supposedly charities talking about themselves rather than about the charities they were there to support or the issues they were there to support. Uh, it was all about me, me, me. And then they took six weeks complete holiday and then they came back with this bombshell announcement uh, as to what they were going to do. Not we will be asking 
the the queen and discussing with the rest of the family no it was an announcement of me 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 we then find out that it was a thoroughly dishonest announcement in that within 24 hours megan had departed the field and gone back to canada and it becomes apparent you only need to go and look at their website sussexroyal.com and you notice that on the first page which has 19 words on it the words uh, duke and duchess of sussex appear twice they are going hell for leather um, to capitalize on their regality and connection with regality and their new corporate image with its crest um, appearing to be uh, something of important layout of royalty image they've employed an agency to design and host the website which when you look through it uh, their clients include fashion houses they include retail businesses and they are um, obviously major players in advice in those fields and then it leaks out eventually that they registered their own company back in august and nobody seems to have known about any of this i'll tell, you something. I'll registered... tell you something private eye was reporting uh two editions ago before christmas that uh harry and megan were going to make this announcement they were ahead of the pack so somebody leaked it out before then i think there were leaks but um, the press in the main, uh, the mainstream press, tend not to leak details of royalty. Indeed. OK, then. Finally, we'll know by midweek what the more sort of permanent settlement will be as a result of the talks that are going on now between Harry and Meghan and the senior members of the royal family. What do you think should happen and what do you think will happen? Very briefly, please. I think that they basically need something of a public wrap over the knuckles for their behavior. Um, to not make it a public wrap over the knuckles uh, will make it appear that they've got away with it. I think they need to be, it needs to be explained very much in public that they will not be abusing uh, their regality uh, nor their titles and um, intimation that if they do the titles will be withdrawn and also that um, the country wishes them well with their fortunes and when can we expect Megan to be marketing her new perfume and presumably the name of the perfume will be Man Manipulation by Sussex Royal. My thanks as always to Greg and my thanks to you for listening. I'm increasingly of the view that when the Queen passes on, and it hopefully won't be for a long time yet, but when that day comes, I think after a period of a few years, once her passing has been mourned and Charles becomes king, the monarchy is likely to be in big trouble. Because I look at the generation below the Queen and they don't have that same sense of duty and ethics and stiff upper lip that the Queen has demonstrated 
for, well, since her reign began more than 60 years ago. So, with all that's gone on recently, and with this latest episode of Harry and Meghan, I do wonder whether the monarchy will have a long-term future. I really do. Anyway, I welcome your feedback. Please uh, feel free to send me a tweet. I'm at Marcus Stead. And join me and Greg again next week for another edition of 20 Minute Topic. We'll see you then. <laughs>